0: hi and welcome to then another episode of the vulnerable scientist podcast so for this episode it's a little bit different from the previous previous episodes this episode was recorded earlier this year 2021 with priscilla priscilla wakarera as the guests she was the one being interviewed um with denis were and valerie kimutai denis were is from planet Wizard. um Africa media and uh, Valerie muta is the MD for science media Africa she is my colleague in that space so I hope you enjoy this episode where she talks about her journey into science and this is the second part of her story
1: so you've done some yeah. some patchwork perpetua- uh so maybe you could talk to us about the research that you've been involved in and uh, what findings you have, you know, you have you have come up with and something like that, yeah.
2: Something like that. Okay. So um, for my postgraduate, I was actually very lucky to to land a project uh, that was funded by by Flair. Uh, in associate in association with the african academy of sciences and the royal society so the funding actually came from from the uk government grant uh to to low-income countries and um it was a, t- a sort of time that my supervisor Dr. after he had the grant and he formulated the team um we were each tasked with coming up with our own projects that were in line with his overall project, which was on creating sustainable solutions to 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 yield to to yield growth in um, in smallholder setups. So, um, so my project focuses on utilization of azotobacter. Uh, azotobacter is a bacteria that is found in soil. It's free living. Um, it is uh, it's it's not harmful. It is beneficial to to plant growth. Uh, it's very good for nitrogen fixation. Uh, it's also very good for phytohormone production, uh, phosphorus solubilization, um, for production. So basically, it creates a whole cocktail for your for your plants to grow very well. And uh, the project mostly majored on identification of, of what strains we could find in the local soil. So our, area, our study area was uh, in semi-arid regions. Our semi-arid areas of choice was the Rakanithi, Kitui, and Empo County. Now, these areas have very diverse uh, ecological Geographical ecology, right? So we chose the semi-arid areas in these regions, uh, the areas that are a bit dry. Like, uh, for example, in Embu, we went to Karurumo in in, Taraka, in We chose Tunyai, which received very low rainfall, um, and yeah, we collected our soil from there and brought it back to the lab, tried to identify what strains of Azotobacter we would find. So uh, we were able to find that we have very efficient strains uh, in those locations. Uh, strains uh, such as Azotobacter vinelandii and also Azotobacter salinestris, which are very good in, in plant growth promotion. Um, so far, we were able to, to test their ability to, to produce these uh, plant growth promoting metabolites and we uh, were able to assess which of the strains that were identified actually work better with, with maize, which was my focus because um, maize is, is a very staple food in this country. It's actually the number one staple food in our country. It's actually the most cultivated crop um, for most smallholder farms, second to, to beans and 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 sorghum and millet. So, yeah. Um, so maize, maize was my my main focus because uh maize creates sustainability because people who are who are farming maize are farming maize for, for the animal ugali, they're farming maize for the porridge, they're farming maize for, for things like um like flour and, and other pastries that come from meat. So so uh we were able to identify strains that are very efficient in improving the growth of maize. Uh, and some of the strains that we found uh promote very high yield we have bigger cob sizes we actually have more more weight in terms more more weight in terms of the grain uh we also found that they that they have promoted the nitrogen content in the plant so you have more chlorophyll which then translates to to more, more nutrition in in your actual final product and um, yeah, so the, the goal, the aim of the project is to identify things that are very good in promoting of the maize and then we would recommend them as bioinoculants. So uh, currently, uh, we're done with the research. Uh, we've actually settled on a few strains that would be recommended for, for growth, for use as bioinoculants. And the reason bioinoculants are important at this stage is because most small farmers suffer. They're not able to afford farming inputs and then they've also identified there's been a very big issue with soil fertility and uh, the crops are not growing like they used to be before. They have a change in the climate. The weather patterns have changed. you are not getting enough rainfall. So if we could have a solution that encompasses all this because um, just inputting chemical fertilizers does not create uh, tolerance to stress. Uh, chemical fertilizers actually add stress on the soil because you renew the harms of, of some of these chemicals uh, in the soils, like leaching and uh, accumulation of metals in the soil that leads to low soil fertility as well. So coming up with a bioinoculant that is based on microbes is, is very beneficial to to farmers because it ensures that your plants are high yielding. It also ensures that you have stress tolerance, like, for example, uh, if you're using microbes that promote tolerance to, to, to water stress. So even in, in times when you expected it to rain more and the rain did, you did not get the actual amount of rainfall that you're used to, your plants still grow and they grow healthily as well. So um, microbes are offering this solution. And Azotobacter, especially, is is helps in water in water stress management, and also in pests and parasites management. Because some of these microbes inter- have an interaction with other microbes in the soil, and they actually act as antibiotics and antifungals. So your plants will actually have. Infections, so you're actually sure that you did not just input a fertilizer in your soil. You also input. You, it also acts as a pesticide and it also acts as a stress tolerant as well. So um, our project is mainly for small scale farmers that we've been working with, uh, mostly small scale farmers because they're the ones who are really mostly affected by affected by the by the loss of yield. Because what happens is they they are not even able to afford. Um, good quality seeds so they'll keep recycling the type of seeds that they had so every time that they harvest their food they have fewer guineas uh in their areas, and that has been a really big issue because if you cannot ensure food uh, food stability in a region they will then everything else is not... People are well fed, they cannot be healthy, they cannot even get access to good education because some of these people, subsistence farmers, sell the access to, to pay for their kids' school fees, And the kids may not even be strong enough to actually go to school if there is no food security. For, for us, security is paramount, and that's what this project is really about, creating sustainable solutions to, to the problem of food of food food production.
1: And You know, your your answer reminds me why I like this interview so much because it gives people hope. You know, uh, it reminds me of when the Irish had a really bad famine because they uh, were dependent on potatoes, and then the potatoes got sick, and you know, it was a bad farming. But now we are hearing someone who is making sure <laughs> that maize will never get sick, so, so that you can continue having something to eat. So that's 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 awesome. I think. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm happier today <laughs> that I've learned that there's someone working on that. And then yeah, that's,
2: uh, true. That, that's true. And also, um, on the side, I've actually been working on, I've actually been working on a company It's called Gpre Enterprises. Our idea was to to introduce them the microbiome inoculants to the farmers. Uh, we we interacted with different farmers at different levels. And we were able to, to introduce what what bioinoculants are, because the biggest issue that you that you find with most smokers, and especially even, even with the larger farmers in this country, is people are so used to farming that they do not know that we have alternatives. You will go to somebody and they will tell you, "No, we don't practice organic farming," and you tell them, "It's not really exactly like organic farming. It's it's a form of organic farming, yes, but." It creates you actually have more yielding. So with Jubri Enterprises, our plan was to eventually produce bioinoculants uh, that we can actually introduce to the farmers. But uh, when we actually went into the market, we realized that most of the farmers do not have a background on on what. Microbial inoculants are. And it's very hard for you to sell something when people do not understand what you're selling. So uh, we resolved to to restructure the whole company. And now what we do, we actually uh, reach out to farmers and then we introduce what microbial fertilizers are. We've been helping them with soil testing uh, so that they can know what type of nutrients are lacking in their soil. That way we are able to recommend a specific uh, microbe uh, that is specific to the nutrients and like for example if you have a deficiency in, in phosphorus, we'd recommend a solubilizing uh bioinoculant. And uh so far we've been able to to reach out to very many farmers. Uh the only challenge we've been having is uh in, in our quest to, to reach out to these farmers, it's not really been uh for profit. So we've really been working a bit nonprofit for now. But we understand that when you're in sciences, it's it's required. It's required that you reach out to people, that you actually teach them that just because you started a company and a starting it doesn't mean that you need to start making your profit immediately. And our target is that by the time uh, by the end of next year, we will have educated enough people that by the time we are able to actually launch our own products, that people the market will be ready for the products uh at that time. So currently what we supply people is uh Products that are actually readily available in the market. We've been getting our products from from farms that produce uh, bioinoculants. Uh, we have a few in the country. We have uh, we have mere fertilizers that produce uh, a biofertilizer, uh, rhizobia biofertilizer with a patent from the Nairobi University. We also have uh Dudu Tech that has uh, that has which is a a fungi bioinoculant based on a African microfungi. And we also have IPM uh, in Thika that also produces some of these uh, biofertilizers mixed up together. So uh, the biofertilizers are actually available in the market, and we hope that people will be able to actually to actually believe, to actually take them up and see how they work. So our work at the enterprises for for this time is really just educating farmers and interacting with them and making sure that we are aware of. Of what is already available for them on how they can improve their own health, they can improve their farm, and then automatically lead high yield. Because um, I think it's about time people drifted away from chemical farming. Um, and moving into things that are more sustainable and more more long-term. Because the second you introduce a bioinoculant to your soil, the bioinoculant stays in your soil as long as the conditions are okay. Like, for example, if I introduce a Zotobacter to a certain area, it will keep growing in that soil as long as the conditions in the soils are favorable for its growth, which is unlike use of chemical fertilizers that... That deplete the that deplete they, they deplete in the soil like for example if you if you left like um can uncovered after a while it's very volatile it, it will not be it will not work later on so uh basically people should really just go into accepting uh science in their in farming and science in agriculture as well
1: yeah and i hope this generation that you don't have going through school can start to appreciate science as a tool for solving problems. Well that would really make the adoption of these technologies much easier. So uh we That's can now, yeah uh I wanted us to move towards you know back to high school a bit and campus. Um, some of the the highs and lows that you've experienced. High school campus, you know after life after campus and uh, what advice you give your younger self from uh, you know now that you're an adult
2: so um, uh, the advice I would give to the advice I would give to my younger self at this at this stage in my life would be to to be keen on internet experience that you get like um, if you going to vote for those science congress to win on the project that I'm there to present I'm there to also learn I'm there to learn from other projects that have come in and I think that would have been very very important for me in high school because I was very competitive and I'd go to, to these to this, uh, symposiums and congresses to, to just win. But really, there's a whole experience that you miss out when your focus is on my project is really a good project and I have to win. And you miss out on all the other good projects that are coming in. Uh, something I wish I knew in campus, I wish I knew, most people don't actually say this, I wish somebody told me to work really hard because your grades are very important. And that's the one thing that most undergraduate students uh, don't really have anyone anyone telling them. Make sure your grades are really good because the second you you graduate and your grades are exceptional, you're automatically eligible for scholarships. And we have people who worked really hard, who by the time we were graduating, we'd graduate like in July, and by September they were in, in, in China doing full scholarships. So uh, I think you should really, really work on your grades. Um, Make your teachers your friends. Most of, most of these teachers are really, are really friendly and they really want you to grow because they have also been exactly where you are. So make them your friend, uh, talk to them, ask them. Like You could ask them, do you have any project ongoing that I can assist on? Just assist on those projects because you're going to learn more when you're doing the actual work then you're going to learn in a classroom so um, I also mentioned that you should take as many attachments and as many internships as you get and also something else um, immediately I wish I wish. this is personally for me I wish that I actually went for my masters earlier uh, I wish that I did not have to wait that duration of time because really there was nothing that I was actually waiting for I think if you have the opportunity and you're able to actually further your studies immediately after you graduate kindly enroll enroll for your master's studies we have um, there are so many there's so many schools that can take you up immediately it's not like itambo when people were asked to People were asked to to wait a certain number of years before you're actually eligible for a certain costs. As long as your grades are okay, you automatically you're going to be eligible. So, me, I, th- I think personally, you should take as many opportunities as you can get. Don't don't pass up any opportunity because you think it doesn't pay enough. I think um, that's one of the mistakes I used to make uh, growing up. I would, I would the first thing I would if you ask if you call me for a job the first thing I would ask is how much does it pay? And now that I'm older, I already know is the question you should ask yourself is what will I learn? What do what do I learn from this opportunity? And, um, they they're asking me to come in for about three days a week only. So what can I learn in these three days instead of considering how much will I spend to actually go there for the three days and there's no compensation? I think uh, thinking like that um, takes you. Isn't, isn't progressive, it's retrogressive and people should really just try to think of what you can gain, think about what what you're going to, to benefit from this um, and any advice I could give to, to students right now who are making their decisions or to, to people who are just going into the sciences uh, take advantage of online platforms there's, there's, this, there's this platform called FutureLearn uh, FutureLearn is is online. Most of the courses are free. And uh, after I discovered FutureLearn, I don't think I get bored. Anytime you're at home and you, there's nothing to watch, you, you have nothing to do, just get on FutureLearn and do a course. They have very different courses. Their courses range from cancer to, to physics. Uh, the whole spectrum on antimicrobial resistance. Actually, uh, when I was actually starting out uh on doing my coursework project for 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 my postgraduate and I wanted to do a course on antimicrobial resistance i yes I had background in 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 antimicrobial resistance but I didn't really know how to actually do the project because I hadn't done it before because the the units you learn in school and the lab sessions you have in school are never actually enough sorry <clears throat> so you're not going to to learn everything that you should have learned in the lab. And these platforms like Futureland have very many courses that have actually well drawn out. Like I've learned um, statistical analysis from Futureland. It's actually very free. If you have a computer and you have time and you have internet, then it's going to be very easy for you to progress. Um, as well, something else that you can learn on there is uh, okay. Maybe just generally, you don't have to be Futureland. Just Make sure you do these courses. If you're make sure you have you study a course on statistics so that when you actually get your results for whatever project you have, you actually run your own statistical analysis. Um, if you're going to be in, in microbiology or any other field, it doesn't necessarily have to be molecular biology or biotechnology. Always learn how to handle molecular data. Um Introduce yourself to what molecular data is, how I'm supposed to analyze it, because you may send out your samples for sequencing. You may not need to actually know how sequencing is done, but as, as soon as you get your results in, you're going to need to analyze them. And the best way for you to do so is to learn the software that are required. Uh, learn as many softwares as you can do. Uh, study art programming. It doesn't matter what type of a scientist you are. You have to have studied art programming. And honestly, art programming as a, as a sub-course, as a small course, is very expensive. But there are hundreds. There are actually tens, tens of tens of workshops online that are free and available to students that you can enroll on and learn the programming for free. Like you could take about three, two or three weeks to learn the whole thing. And the second that you're actually going into research, you actually have background on those things. Because what happens is when you actually go to an employer uh in the sciences, they don't ask you, they ask you for what basic certificates you have. But what they re, why they really hire you for that job is because you have skills. So they'll ask you what type of skills do you bring to our table and you'll tell them I can run SAS, I can run SAS statistical um, software, I can do SPSS, I can do art programming, I can, I can uh I can analyze data from data from from next generation sequencing. And these are the things that these that organizations and, and these research facilities are really looking for. They're looking for a scientist who has background in microbiology, yes, but they can actually analyze their own data because there is no use really in doing a project when you're having other people do the nitty gritties of it for you. So you should really just know, be all rounded. Um, don't just focus on one field. Uh, if you're interested in biochemistry, there are also other things that you can that you can do to make sure that you are an all-rounded scientist. And I think the most important thing for you to become is an all-rounded scientist. Become somebody who walks into a lab. And does the whole zero does a whole circumference without needing to step out and ask somebody else for help. Learn how to 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 do all these type of things, and it's it's really important because even for us, uh, like the experience that I got at KFS, working field work, getting in gumboots, wearing um, an overall from morning to evening, I think the best the best part for me with that was. When I actually had to to do fieldwork for my project, I wasn't shy with getting dirty because what happens for most people who are used to just being in the lab and taking notes and, you know, the lab is very clean and having a hairnet on and gloves on and, and and a lab coat on and looking all polished. Once you take them to a field, they get into a culture shock. If you're already mentally prepared, you're going to go into that field and you're going to actually collect your samples yourself, collect all that soil. You're going to to be planting the maize together with your casuals. Because at the end of the day, if if you're going to have a fieldwork project and you're just asking them to, to plant, you just telling them how to plant. How do you actually know that they have set your treatments right unless actually they are with them on the ground? So, you actually have to have those. You have to know what type of spacing is required either when you're planting maize. So, really, be an all round If you're interested in an area, make sure you know everything about that area. Don't just focus on the vertical version of it, don't just focus on what. What what is exact it? like What other people? What you see in the books? Be all-rounded. Find out what else is required in this world, and do it. I think that's the most important. Um, that's the most important requirement in in that whole when you when you're a scientist.
1: You can tell by the nature of the questions that we are almost winding up. But uh, something about being in college or campus is. Uh, you don't really have a perspective of the world. But uh, now, from your standpoint, what opportunities would you say you can see for future scientists out there? There are very
2: many opportunities that are for scientists, especially for the young scientists. Uh, The world is like your your oyster. There is really a lot that is available. I think uh, if you're coming to the end of your undergraduate, the first thing you should do is apply to scholarships. uh, As long as you have your transcripts, apply to as many scholarships that you can get. And this is something nobody actually told me. We actually have... Uh, abroad they have a master's degree program so instead of going either for your for your master's for two years and then doing your PhD for five years they actually combine them so after about one and a half years you get your master's which is, which could be based mostly on, on coursework. I think Australia Mel, the Melbourne University in Australia does that. Um apply for this for these places. Uh send cold emails to as many to as many lecturers that you're interested in state your interests and really just hope that they're going to to find that you're qualified to join their team uh, always be looking out don't just stay comfortable i uh, you know most people after after clearing campus most people stay at home uh, You realize that we don't really have jobs, so you maybe end up in sales. If you actually do end up in sales, work those sales as best as you can. If you actually end up as a med rep, work it as best as you can. Every single experience that you get is important. It doesn't matter what field you're getting it in. It is very important. Like Personally, for me, working in business and and working in management has been really good because I was able to, to... have background on project management and having background on project management enables you to even manage your own time when you actually come to progress in in research because project management is project management and even the scientific projects require the same type of, of formula for for you to grow so um there are very many future prospects for scientists and I think people should really take advantage of it. We have trainings, we have workshops that are local. We also have some that are abroad that you can be eligible to. I think my advice would be apply to anything and everything. Anything that you feel you're qualified for, just apply for it. You just may get a call and it may be the the opening that you've been really looking for. Um, Apply for the government internship. People are really benefiting from it. We have a few naysayers, but people are really benefiting benefiting from it um, as well so uh, for me personally for my for my future I really look I'm really hoping uh, since I just finished on my master's after I'm hoping after I'm eligible for graduation and after graduation as well that I may be able to progress to my PhD I actually have a project that I'm working on I'm hoping that I can actually work on for my PhD which would really be on on Something similar to what I'm doing for my masters. So really, I'm just hoping that I can do a project on genetic modification of these microbes, uh, so that you can ensure that you're actually getting maximum value, that you're having more nitrogen fixation, you're having more peace solubilization, you're having more uh, nutrition for the plant, and you know that that way you you end up with strains that are actually very very beneficial. Uh, and that are well adapted to the different regions because the probability be with strains is they're very specific to certain regions and um, have strains that may adapt to different types of soil different soil parameters different uh, weather patterns as well so I'm really thinking of going into something on genetic modification the them so that would be on my what I plan to do later uh, I'm also hoping that by the time I will have grown a uh, my company Jupiter Enterprises, and I'm also hoping to, to have also settled very well in what I do. I personally believe that you do not have to limit yourself. You can become an entrepreneur, you can be you can go into corporate and you can also stay as a scientist. Because for most scientists, staying in science is a passion. And you shouldn't limit yourself to a box that just because you're studying sciences, you can't become an entrepreneur, or just because you're studying sciences, you can't you can't go into the corporate world, because eventually. Eventually, eventually, we we need all this experience that we get everywhere to mold us as, as, as individuals. Because in as much as you're a scientist, you're also a person, and people should be all-rounded. There's there's a saying that that people like to repeat. Um, it says that you can you you allow yourself to become a jack of all trades, because people say that a jack of all trades is a master of none right yeah but a master uh, jack of all trades is is maybe a master of none but he's still better than somebody who only mastered one thing so instead of just sticking to to one line allow your brain allow yourself to to diversify that way you have grown into a wholesome person and i think the most important thing in this life is to come in and actually live the life Actually come and experience every single thing that comes with it. If you, if you're interested in, in policies, uh, in biopolices and you're also interested in microbiology, explore the biopolicy part. Don't just say, I'm a microbiologist, I can't go into biopolicy. Go into biopolicies. People are coming up with biopolicies for microbiology and they actually need somebody who is, who is is well-versed in microbiology to come up with these policies. So I think that people should, should allow themselves to be all-rounded. And it's good for your mental health. It's good for your physical health. And it also makes you wholesome.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh you've been one of the easier people to interview because you really connect the points so well. So <laughs> is there I something like that,
2: a few things, but it's okay.
1: <laughs> is there something that you'd like to talk about that perhaps we did not ask, you know? A little parting shot before we we allow Valerie to maybe ask her own two or three questions
2: very sure I may have hopped around a lot so I may have mentioned every single thing. I think um, for a parting shots uh, it's just an encouragement. Where you are right now isn't where you are and what you're doing right now is something that you had planned on doing So it doesn't matter whether you're tacking right now whether you're looking for a job this is where you're supposed to be this is where you just came from. You've come from a certain place that you had planned on every single allow, trust step process. Every single step that you take counts for something. Don't um, don't think to yourself that I've been tamaking for three or four years. hell is on my back. I, I have... I haven't paid rent I haven't paid all these things or I'm being as an early career scientist and I'm not moving as fast as I would want to move I'm not progressing up the ladder as I would like to progress I think the whole idea of living life is to acknowledge where you were, acknowledge where you are right now and then be hopeful for the future I think that's what people should do be hopeful for the future plan ahead and just expect that everything will work out because you had it planned out, in case it doesn't work out according to to your plan, life always always has its own plan, and everything works out eventually. It doesn't matter how slow you feel you're moving. It doesn't matter how how dark it may it may seem for you. Everything works out eventually. Even the the, the best professors in the world didn't really know what. They didn't really know that they become the best professors in the world at that certain point. So just be hopeful. Just do whatever it is that you can for yourself. Do whatever it is that you can for for the world and your life will set itself out. Yeah, basically, that's it. So um, thank you
3: for, for having me.
1: So I don't know if Valeria has some questions for you.
3: Uh, Well, I don't think I have questions because you've already answered what I wanted to ask, which was how do you deal with rejections? And I'm really grateful that you answered that. And also what you said about learning, about R. Yeah, now I think that has sunk in. And thank you so much for the great advices. I'm really, I think this has been one of the most informative Mean interviews that you've had so far, so thank you, and we we'll look forward to interviewing you again in the future. So thank you so yeah, much. That's when we've grown more, we yeah, would. we surely yeah. would. So, we wish you well in whatever you do, and we'll be in contact. So thank you. Thank you for having me yeah. and for the opportunity. As well, of course, yes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, my camera is back on, which means we're at the end of the interview. <laughs> so it could be a bit less formal as we as we say our goodbyes. As we say our goodbyes.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, I'm really I'm really proud of of what you guys are doing. I'm really happy with what Sarah is doing. She's doing a really good job on on her podcast and on the blog. And for me, that was really inspirational. And that's actually where how we actually got to to get in contact. I actually think she's doing a lot. Uh there's a lady, I don't remember. I'd been I'd met a lady, I don't remember what her name was, but she, what she was doing is she was interacting with scientists abroad. And then anytime that they come into Kenya, they're able to go through different unis and, and just going through different unis and t- teaching the graduate students about what their projects are doing. I also think that's a very um, good thing. I would have mentioned it, but I don't remember what it was called. I don't remember what it was called. But it's like science outreach where scientists or any type of scientist who's working on a project can uh, get opportunity to present their research to postgraduate students. And I think that has been very great because they've been doing it in um, both four, both four sessions. We are visiting scientists as long as if they come in here, they come to Kenya for a different conference, and they have like a free day or a free afternoon. They into students, and that is really great on mentorship as well. So I that, I related that with what you guys are doing, and I think you guys are doing a really great job. And most people, many people, benefit from it. So yeah.
1: Thank you, thank you. Uh, we, we we also hope that you know, in the course of time because you know things grow over time. This interview will be able to reach more people because uh, yeah, that's where the impact would really be felt. And uh, I really hope we can pursue that idea of a wellness unit at some point.
2: A wellness? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think anyway. I think what we should do. Is pitch it pitch that idea anywhere you guys show. Up. Just pitch it to different people. You never know who might hear it. You may actually pitch it to people who who work on curriculum development, and you could maybe we could even actually write. We have people write it because uh, I think it's been a really big issue, and this was really highlighted when we had um, the doctor from from KNH. She was also a postgraduate student. She did her rounds. Went to her car and then she just committed suicide. And I think it's a really big issue for for people in postgraduate because we've been seeing them. You meet people, you're friends with them, and then you get a call that they passed away. You you really wondering this person wasn't sick. How did they die? And you told that they killed themselves. And it's usually very hard, even for the for the for their friends and even for the people who work with them, because you keep thinking, uh, this person was going through the same things I was going through. So. I'm strong right now, but what if I'm not strong, you know, later? Because you never really know at what point it, it gets to. So I think people should get the help as early as possible. People should just get the encouragement from from the from the beginning. Maybe it should be added to, maybe you should pitch it mostly for postgraduates. We can really try to pitch it for the undergraduates, but that one becomes a bit tricky because of their courses. <laughs> I think we can actually try and pitch it. Um, anywhere you go when you guys do the shows just write it up uh, below the the comment section have it written we're really pitching for the mental health mental wellness unit yeah and -hmm. then also maybe you could get scientists like you could get scientists working at um at 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 this uh these centers maybe if you were able to interview them and they could be in positions where they could be able to to assist in such an issue because I think it's very critical. Mental health is a big issue. People don't talk about it. It's it's a very big issue and especially for people in postgraduates who have to balance her work, who have to balance families uh who have to balance their whole their whole setup it's really hard and also like uh valerie said on on rejection rejection is rampant in the science rejection is very rampant you you come up with a concept paper you show up to to a professor and the professor says something like um your project is good but i've never worked with you before so i can't take you in uh, on on my on my in my lab and that's usually very hard and it actually fosters the whole imposter syndrome in most people because con- you're not getting confidence around you. You're not being built be mentally new to grow issue as it is. And also I also think um um I also think there should be a unit But not for the students, but for for the lecturers as well. I think that every person who can become a supervisor, like, uh, because most of the troubles that we have with most postgraduates is having terrible supervisors. People working with PIs they cannot relate to. So people are not able to express their problems, to express some of the concerns that they have in projects because... uh, the the supervisors do not really know how to interact with people. They don't know how to handle adults, and I think they should also have like a a, a course or a unit on how to handle how to handle the whole mental health thing with with students because it's it's a really big. When you're in graduate school, you're able to see a lot of things, and it's a really
1: big issue. It yeah. is. A yeah, but uh, thank you so much uh, I've really enjoyed this interview and uh, I hope you, you have a so- <laughs> yeah so I think uh, we'd like to wind up at this point I hope we can, we can continue to keep in touch so that we can you know love what-
2: that a lot love- I really love that
1: the, 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 I know there's the, the, the some things you've mentioned in the interview that we're also interested in maybe we'll showcase them at a future date okay. yeah, but thank you so much uh, I hope you enjoy the, the rest of the weekend although it's almost finishing
2: Sundays <laughs> <laughs> are very short
0: <laughs>
2: thank you for having me thank you Dennis and Valerie you guys are a good spot I actually enjoyed this I'm sorry um, I talk a bit so I tell people
3: in advance <laughs> no that's fine yeah, I
1: told you you also told you in advance that you're the best kind of people to interview. No. <laughs> but it's less work for us. Yeah. So thank you. Okay, uh have a nice weekend. Have a nice
2: weekend too.